0: Good morning breaking news results in moments ago Pfizer releases brand new data on its long-awaited vaccine for children showing it to be safe and that it produces a strong immune response in kids 5 to 11 years old. So what happens next and how soon could those shots be rolled out the doctor heading up those trials joins us live border crisis the U.S. begins removing some of the nearly 15,000 Haitian migrants Living under a bridge just steps from the Texas state line. Hundreds flown back home overnight. Just ahead, rare access inside the overcrowded camp has become the newest flashpoint in an ongoing battle. Tragic discovery a body believed to be 22 year old Gabby Petito found near Wyoming's Grand Teton National Park this morning what the FBI is now saying about her still unsolved disappearance and the search intensifies for her fiancé, a person of interest in the case who himself has not been seen in nearly a week. We're live with the very latest. Splashdown! The Inspiration4 crew wraps up the first all-civilian mission to space and shares what they learned during their journey.
1: Each of us have been changed in a way that maybe we didn't expect.
0: That exclusive conversation straight ahead. Those stories plus TV's big night, The Crown and Ted Lasso win big at the Emmy Awards.
2: Really, it, it means the world to me to be up here.
0: We'll break down the winners, the surprises, and the fashions that have people talking. And La Marvelous, the Baltimore Ravens stun the Kansas City Chiefs with a late Sunday night comeback led by star quarterback Lamar Jackson giving Ravens fans something to crow about today Monday September 20th 2021.
3: From NBC News this is today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza.
0: And good morning, everybody. Welcome to today on a Monday morning. Boy, the NFL games have not disappointed. Oh. A lot of uh, cliffhangers there, and the excitement in Baltimore is just rolling on this morning. You know why it's rolling on?
4: Al Roker. If that's Al the real reason. happened to have been <laughs> at the game. He was at the Raven. He's at Ravens' home this morning. He's going to bring us a story of a remarkable high school led by an inspiring principal. And the Ravens are now helping them out. Al's going to have all that in just a bit. Yeah, part
0: of our Once in a Lifetime series. Can't wait to share that with you. Maybe he'll make some of his bird noises that we love so much. But a little more inspiration to talk about. We sure do.
4: Okay, wait until you hear this. There's the uplifting things that the all-civilian inspiration for crew are saying after their three days in orbit. We've got an exclusive uh, interview, a conversation with Lester Holt.
0: But we're going to begin this morning with this breaking news. It'll have the attention of parents everywhere. Pfizer has just released new data moments ago that shows its vaccine. is safe for children between the ages of 5 and 11, and it comes as pediatric COVID cases are soaring across the country. We're going to get insight from a top Pfizer official who is also a pediatrician and a parent, but first, NBC's Gabe Gutierrez joins us from Spokane, Washington, a city being hit hard by the virus. Hi, Gabe, good morning.
3: Savannah, good morning. This is one of the hospitals that's having to turn away COVID patients from neighboring Idaho because there's just not enough bed space. Nationwide, some schools are having to shut down in-person classes because of new outbreaks. But now, overnight, some promising news about that long-awaited vaccine for young children. This morning, Pfizer says its COVID vaccine is effective in children ages 5 to 11. The first-of-its-kind trial for this age group included more than 2,000 kids and concluded the vaccine is safe, well-tolerated, and showed robust neutralizing antibody responses. The children were given a smaller dose than the current vaccine used for those 12 and older. Pfizer says it will now submit the data to the FDA for emergency use authorization. Potentially pivotal news as pediatric COVID cases in the U.S. have jumped by 240 percent since July. New York City schools opened just a week ago.
4: And within four days, we have 812 positive cases, over 600 classroom closures, and one entire school building already closed.
3: In South Carolina, COVID cases have soared from 150 a day to more than 5,000. Schools and even entire districts there are going virtual. And in Philadelphia, five schools have already closed. And I always tell you, this is the new norm. Also this morning, more confusion over boosters after an FDA advisory panel voted Friday to recommend third shots only for people 65 and older or those with underlying conditions. The Biden administration had previously said a booster rollout for most Americans could begin today, but the FDA hasn't signed off. I think people were not understanding the difference of planning
5: for something and actually what element of that, what proportion of it, you're
3: actually going to roll out. But while the vaccine and booster debates ramp up, healthcare workers in the Northwest, like those at MultiCare Deaconess Hospital in Spokane, Washington, are battling their most dire COVID surge yet. Over the weekend, three patients died in this ICU within 24 hours. Right now, this hospital is denying more than half of its patient transfer requests from out of state.
6: It's
4: insane. It is very, very hard as as health workers to say
7: no to patients.
3: And again, the breaking news, Pfizer saying that its new data shows that its vaccine is safe and effective for children ages five to 11 years old. The company says it expects results for children under five by
0: the end of the year. Hey, thank you. So and joining us now is Dr. Bill Gruber, Pfizer's senior vice president of vaccine clinical research and development, a pediatrician himself. Dr. Gruber, good morning. It's good to see you.
5: Anna, it's great to be with you today.
0: First things first, the CEO of your company says that that Pfizer will submit this data uh, with urgency. What does that mean? How quickly will you be able to submit submit this data to the FDA, and when do you expect approval?
5: As soon as possible. We intend to submit the data by the end of the month. And then, of course, it will be up to the FDA to review that data and determine uh, whether the vaccine can be released for broad use. And we hope that will go expeditiously.
0: Well, this gets a little technical, but let's get down to it. The data shows that the vaccine is effective in producing a strong antibody response in children. But you do not yet have data to prove that it actually present, prevents infection. So the so-called full efficacy data. So will you wait for that full efficacy data before you submit to the FDA? Could the FDA approve right now on the data alone that you have?
5: Yes, we're hopeful and expectant that the FDA will approve the vaccine based on the data we have. Now, why would that make sense? It makes sense because the level of antibody the vaccine is generating in children 5 to 11 matches the level of antibody that we know provides protection for individuals 16 years of age and older. And the FDA uh, set the guidance along those lines. That's their expectation as well. And we believe we've met that expectation.
0: So you have every reason to believe that ultimately this will be, the data will bear this out that it's safe and effective for kids ages now- five to 11.
5: Yeah, absolutely. It's for the FDA uh, to rule on that and for recommending bodies, public health authorities to recommend the vaccine. But we're confident about the nature of the results.
0: Uh, the regimen for kids under 12 is two shots spaced 21 days apart. It's a smaller dose than what adults like I got. Um, why is that? What, what led you to that?
5: Yeah. So from the very beginning, we've worked meticulously to get to the right dose for adults and children. And so we looked at several doses early on in children and determined uh, that one third of the adult dose works just right for children to minimize the potential for side effects and provide the potential for protection. We're really pleased with that outcome.
0: A Kaiser Family Foundation poll published in August found that 40% of parents with young children said that they would want to wait a while to see how it's working before giving the shot to their child. What is your message to them?
5: As a pediatrician and a grandparent myself, I understand uh, the need for families to be reassured that they're doing the right things for their children. Um, Our vaccine has obviously undergone a great deal of work to assure and uh, provide that level of confidence. We now know uh, that there are over 180 million people in the United States that have received the vaccine, over 11 million who've been uh, completely vaccinated that are adolescents. We've worked down gradually and deliberately uh, to the younger age group, five to 11, We are, of course, submitting that data to regulatory authorities. They will look at it, assure that the vaccine is safe and effective before they uh, provide it for broad use. And then I would encourage parents uh, and grandparents at that point to listen to the public health authorities, seek information, seek the counsel of people they trust. And I think they'll find that the vaccine is going to be right for their five to 11 year olds.
0: And then, real quickly, I only have a few seconds left. As you know, Pfizer had been recommending a third booster shot for all adults because immunity wanes from the vaccine over time. The FDA panel rejected that. Were you surprised by that? And how concerned are you about it?
5: I would have been surprised had the FDA panel said that nobody should receive a booster dose. In fact, They've made a very broad recommendation for individuals over 65 years of age and individuals that are at high risk of uh, severe disease. Now, that was the Verpac panel. The FDA needs to take that under consideration to decide uh, what will work best. But in the end, I think this is going to be broadly applied and I think will meet an important public health need, and I'm looking forward to that.
0: Dr. Gruber, with the new information from Pfizer,
4: thank you very much. Appreciate it.
5: My pleasure for being with you today to share this good news.
4: Thank you. Also this morning, there are new developments tied to a growing crisis at the southern border where nearly 15,000 Haitian migrants are camped around a bridge just steps away from Del Rio, Texas. Over the weekend, the U.S. began deporting some of them back to Haiti with more flights expected in the coming days and weeks. NBC's Morgan Chesky joins us from Del Rio, where he was given rare access to that migrant camp. Hey, Morgan, good morning.
2: Hey, Hoda, good morning, and in the last 48 hours, we've seen drastic changes here. Authorities have not only shut down the only border crossing here in Del Rio, but they've also at least temporarily stopped the flow of migrants across the Rio Grande River. And their focus today, processing a massive group of people whose future remains uncertain. On the Texas border, an unprecedented, almost unbelievable scene. Nearly 15,000 migrants, most from Haiti, Turning a patch of dirt beneath a border bridge into an immigration flashpoint. The group swelling so fast, Texas state troopers forced to park on the banks of the Rio Grande River as Border Patrol agents on horseback tried to slow the surge.
5: Our expectation is to have up to 3,000 migrants transferred out from underneath the bridge to our processing facilities or to a flight line within the next 24 hours.
2: Authorities granted our crew exclusive access to the makeshift camp. We witnessed men, women and children huddling in whatever shade they could find, even creating makeshift shelters. How long have you been waiting under this bridge? This woman named Evo told me she's been here eight days and grew visibly emotional when asked about the country she left behind. She tells me her mother is still in Haiti, but lost her home to a fire, adding everyone is suffering. The Biden administration's newly announced strategy calls for improved conditions here at the border. After going, in some cases, days without food, authorities have now established these food handoffs here. You can see families coming through. They get a meal, they get a little water, enough to hopefully last them for the next day. Federal plans also include deporting many of the migrants back to Haiti, a country in crisis following the recent assassination of its president and a devastating earthquake. The first flights have already begun, crews flying migrants from San Antonio to Port-au-Prince, Haiti on Sunday. Buses also running nonstop to the few processing centers that aren't overwhelmed. Now, after leaving one home behind, thousands wait today, uncertain about where they might be tomorrow.
4: Well, Morgan, that southern border is is a long, long way from Haiti. So how did they get there in the first place?
2: Yeah, Hoda, authorities say this has been a process years in the making. And they point back to that 2010 earthquake that devastated the island nation, saying many people chose at that point to migrate to South America where they have been living for years, many of them working for the 2016 Olympics. And when those jobs dried up, some started that long, dangerous journey north to the Texas border. Border Patrol telling me that Del Rio was an attractive location because they believe the community here was friendly to the migrants and the word of mouth passed along that was a relatively easy place to cross. Hoda?
4: Morgan Chesky for us there in Del Rio, Texas. Morgan, thank you. Mm -hmm. Craig joins us, and a lot of people Mm -hmm. are up late watching the
0: Emmys.
8: That's right. Football and the Emmys, because it was the biggest night of the year for the stars of the small screen. Took a positive tone, while also reflecting On a year like no other, NBC News Now anchor Joe Fryer is here with the highlights, and some of these shows had a really big night.
9: Yeah, it was a big night for a few shows. You know, this was a chance to recognize the TV shows that really have helped us through the last year and a half. Many of us probably watched many of the winners. TV's biggest night was really big for streaming, especially for Netflix shows. The Queen's Gambit and The Crown leading the way, each winning 11 Emmys this year.
3: The Emmy goes to The
9: Crown. For The Crown, a long-awaited coronation. In its fourth season, the popular show about the royal family finally won Best Drama and swept all four acting categories. Making
10: The Crown has been the most rewarding two years of my life.
7: I wish my dad was here to see this. So, I lost my daddy during COVID and um, he would have loved all of this.
9: While some of the nominees appeared remotely, most were there in person. The show kicked off with a giant sing-along beneath a massive air-conditioned tent in L.A. Let me
6: start by saying there is way too many of us in this little room.
9: Night's festivities led by host Cedric the Entertainer.
6: Lock the doors, we're not leaving until we find a new host for Jeopardy.
9: In the comedy categories, another streaming show, Apple TV Plus's feel good soccer series Ted Lasso, snared seven Emmys, including best comedy and lead actor for SNL alum Jason Sudeikis.
5: I wanna thank folks uh, at SNL, I wanna thank Lauren who went to go take a now, perfect. Jason Sudeikis
9: just won and took the stage, thanked you, but realized you weren't there because you're here talking with us right now. So what's your message to Jason?
8: I I was so happy for Jason and he'll be coming back soon (laughs) (laughs) Uh, to SNL. So I'm very happy about that as well. Gene Smart grabbed her fourth (inaudible) career
9: Emmy for playing a Vegas (inaudible) comedian in the show
0: Hacks. I have to acknowledge
4: my late husband, Richard Gilliland, who... um, Passed away six months yesterday and he, I would not be here without him.
9: The night also honored beloved performers who recently died. SNL alum, Norm MacDonald. I'd like to pay tribute to one of the best we ever had, Norm MacDonald. Thank you. nominee, Michael K. Williams, best known for his role on The Wire.
7: Michael, your excellence, your artistry will endure. We love you.
9: The night's most powerful speech is aimed at empowering women from Mayor of East Town's Kate Winslet.
11: I just want to acknowledge my fellow nominees in this decade that has to be about... Women having each other's backs, I support you, I salute you. To
9: I May Destroy You is Michaela Cole. I dedicate this story to every single survivor
7: of sexual assault.
9: To Governor's Award winner, Debbie Allen.
7: It is time for you to claim your power, claim your voice, say your song, tell your stories.
9: Despite record nominations <laughs> this year, no actors of color won in the leading and supporting acting categories last night. RuPaul, though, did make history, becoming the most awarded Black artist in Emmy history with eleven wow. wins for his career. Those women were so inspiring. Oh, what are you talking
0: about? You were about to join like, go the fame, Debbie on. Allen was doing the whole wow,
8: inspirational that was speech. Awesome. Yeah. It it's a great show. Yeah, it was. It was a great Thank, show. You. Thank you, you. You left out the Conan singing. part though. Yeah, I Maybe we should Google the, <laughs> Google, the Google, Conan.
0: Conan. Google Conan. Okay, okay. It's a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. We were having our fame moment over there. Uh, well, <laughs> a lot more on the Emmys. We'll find out about the Conan thing,
4: uh, including a closer look at the red carpet's boldest fashion choices. But right now, how about a check of the weather? Al is on the road at the home of the Baltimore Ravens. Big night last night. Al, are you bleary eyed.
11: Wow, what a game, what a finish. We'll talk about that in a bit with one of the Raven stars, and we've got a wonderful story about uh, perseverance with a high school t- a principal here who's done marvelous things. But in the meantime, let's show you what we have going on as far as our weather. We're looking at some severe weather going on up in the upper Midwest. Strong storms already firing across Minnesota. We've got a risk right now for 6 million people for damaging winds, hail, isolated tornado or two. The rainfall will be coming down pretty hard, and and it's going to bring anywhere from two to four inches of rain, but there could be as much as five inches. And then down to the south, we've got flash flood watches and warnings out now for 15 million people with really heavy rain, especially along the southeastern Atlantic coast, where there could be upwards of five inches. But four to six inches, really locally higher, those inches are going to be possible. We're going to be watching that very closely today as well. And that is your latest weather, guys.
0: All right. Al thank you and coming up overnight developments in a case we've been following closely here a body found in Wyoming now believed to be missing 22 year old girl Gabby Petito what her family and the FBI are saying this morning and the desperate race now to
4: find her fiance a person of interest in the case plus the all civilian inspiration for crew back on Earth after their historic trip in space and celebrating its success in an exclusive interview with Lester their uplifting message after a once in a lifetime experience
7: visibility at indeed.com slash today just go to indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash today conditions apply need to hire you need indeed
4: just ahead much more of why al is spending the morning at
0: the home of the Ravens. but first this is today on nbc
4: You know what you call that? That is picture perfect. Welcome back, that's a picture perfect splashdown after three days in orbit for the groundbreaking inspiration for that all civilian crew making history Throughout their mission, and just ahead, we have an exclusive interview with those trailblazers. Wow. wow! I wonder if you still feel woozy after you've been to space. You know, like when See you've been legs. on a boat
0: or something. Yeah, yet. you're yeah. like, uh, I don't know. We'll find oh, out yes. when Lester talks them. Exclusive mm-hmm. interview just ahead. But first, let's get to your headlines at 7:30. Dozens of people, including some high school students, were injured yesterday after a charter bus veered off a of Pennsylvania highway and crashed into the woods. The group was returning from a church retreat. Police say the bus driver somehow lost control blew through a guardrail and eventually came to a stop in a wooded area 32 people had to be taken to the hospital some of them by helicopter 5 people in critical condition this morning An investigation into the cause
4: of that crash is still underway some frightening moments in North Texas yesterday when a military training jet crashed into the middle of a neighborhood. It happened just outside of Fort Worth. You could see that plume, thick black smoke from miles away. Three homes suffered significant damage, but thankfully nobody on the ground was hurt. Seriously, both pilots ejected from the jet before it crashed. They were hurt and taken to the hospital. Still no word on what caused that plane to go down.
8: Turning to football now, and what a matchup it was. Two of the league's most dynamic quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, going head-to-head on Sunday night football. And folks, the game, Lived up to the hype. Jackson flipping into the end zone, giving the Ravens a one point lead with a little over three minutes to play. The Chiefs get the ball back. They had plenty of time to march down and win it, but Kansas City running back, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, here he comes. Yeah, coughed up the football. The Ravens recover, they would hold on to win it. 36 35 before last night's game, Lamar Jackson had never beaten Patrick Mahomes head. Wow. It's become one of the best rivalries in all of sports. It incredible. Know? It was good to see. You let your that. little
0: boy stay up late and watch yeah. his chiefs. No. We no. both yeah.
8: fell asleep. Yeah. yeah so.
0: It's what DBR is for. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Which we did. Oh good, good. Well we've got overnight developments on a case we've been following really closely. The search for this young woman who disappeared on a cross-country road trip. It appears to have come to a heartbreaking end. Yeah, a
4: body believed to be that of 22-year-old Gabby Petito was found yesterday near Wyoming's Grand Teton National Park. Meantime, 2,500 miles away, investigators in Florida stepping up the search for her fiancé, a, quote, person of interest in the case. NBC national correspondent Miguel Almaguer is in Wyoming with the latest. Hey, Miguel, good morning.
1: Hoda, good morning. Not far from here is where that body was discovered that investigators believe belongs to Gabby Petito. Forensic teams are still trying to determine if that is, in fact, her body. Meantime, investigators are also looking for another missing person,
10: Gabby's fiance. It's the news Gabby Petito's family hoped they'd never hear.
9: Earlier today, human remains were discovered, consistent with the description of Gabrielle Gabby Petito.
10: The FBI saying Sunday night that the body was found near Grand Teton National Park in Wyoming, a spot the 22-year-old and her fiance were planning to visit late last month, according to her mother.
9: As every parent can imagine, This is an incredibly difficult time for the family.
10: Gabby's devastated dad posting this picture of his daughter on social media Sunday, writing, she touched the world. Her younger brother expressing his shock on Instagram, writing in part, I'm at a total loss. My heart is shattered. Petito's parents first reported her missing on September 11th, 10 days after her fiancé, Brian Laundrie, returned from their cross-country road trip without her. Her dad previously telling Dateline's Andrea Canning he worried he'd never see his daughter again.
2: I don't know if I can deal with not having my baby girl back, not holding her again.
10: Laundry has refused to speak with investigators, citing advice from his attorney, and now he's nowhere to be found. His family telling police on Friday he left to go hiking at a Florida wildlife reserve last Tuesday and never returned. Investigators bringing in drones and police dogs over the weekend to look for any sign of the 23-year-old. There's an enormous amount of uh, pressure, uh, I'm sure, on him to provide answers and what's going on here.
6: I think our plan for today is to just hang out.
10: In videos posted during their cross-country road trip over the summer, Petito and Laundrie seemed to be head over heels in love. But police footage from an incident in Utah appeared to reveal a rocky side to their relationship.
5: We would have been fighting all morning and,
6: <laughs> and he wouldn't let me in the car before. He offered to pay us like $200 to give him a ride.
10: Police also confirming they spoke to this woman who posted that she picked up laundry as he was hitchhiking alone at Grand Teton late last month. One of thousands of TIPS investigators are now combing through as they work to figure out how Gabby Petito's young life was cut short.
1: Brian Laundrie's family did release a statement overnight. It reads in part, the news about Gabby Petito is heartbreaking. The Laundrie family prays for Gabby and her family. Hoda, back to you.
4: So, Miguel, now that, that a body has been found, what does that mean for the investigation going forward?
1: Well, investigators need to positively identify Gabby, which will likely happen in the next 24 hours. And then investigators say they will also determine a cause of death, which will be another big point in this investigation, Hoda.
4: Yeah. All right. Miguel us Forrester in Wyoming. Miguel, thank you. We've
0: got a lot more to cover this morning, including the history being made by the Inspiration4 mm. crew. Yeah,
8: they're back on Earth. What they're revealing to us in an exclusive interview about some very personal discoveries that they made during this mission. That's right after this.
3: Great storytelling with a twist from the true crime original.
8: We're about 741 on this Monday morning with our network-wide series on the new space race. This morning, that historic mission that everyone is still talking about. Yeah,
0: the all-civilian crew of the Inspiration 4 splashed down on Saturday night after spending three days in orbit and fresh off that remarkable journey. They sat down exclusively with NBC's Lester Holt.
6: Show of hands, who would still rather be up there? <laughs> really? That last view of the Earth and the cupola made me emotional. Wow. Because it was just so all inspiring and I knew I'd be thinking about that for the rest of my life. They've been back on Earth for just over a day, but the crew of Inspiration4 is already missing that spectacular view from space.
7: Our name is Inspiration. And, and to be able to capture that view and to bring it back to Earth, is special. I feel this sense of awe. And-
6: the historic all-civilian space crew blasted off last Wednesday
7: in. for
6: after training with SpaceX for six months. The team spent three days orbiting the earth more than 300 miles from the planet.
1: Each of us have been changed in a way that maybe we didn't expect and for me it was being able to see the earth in a way that made me realize there is so much to see in person that I need to go and find those places and explore more.
6: Dr. Sian Proctor piloted the mission becoming the first black woman to serve as a spacecraft pilot.
7: Being able to talk to you know girls of color and women of color about my experience and even older women who sometimes when you think that you know the best part of your life has passed you by as you've gotten older that there's still a lot to learn and a lot to explore and a lot to do.
6: You wanted to be an astronaut for a very long time you applied uh, at NASA, got into the finals at one point, but didn't make it. How sweet is it? It's
7: just amazing. This is the best way that I could ever imagine going to space with these individuals in this way with SpaceX. I'm, I'm thrilled.
6: Technology entrepreneur and billionaire Jared Isaacman paid for the trip and served as the mission's commander. Where can this be taken, uh, this whole idea of, of putting non-professional
3: astronauts in space?
6: And I think
9: if it's if, if you know orbital spaceflight is just the exclusive domain of a, a couple of countries and the select few, I don't know. I don't know how far we're, we're going to get. Um, so I think having organizations like like SpaceX that are working very hard to drive down the cost of spaceflight to make it more accessible for others, so that all of us can go out and journey among the stars.
6: Isaacman used the trip to help fundraise millions of dollars for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Where twenty nine year old Haley Arsenal works as a physician's assistant after surviving pediatric cancer herself as a child. Haley, did you have any idea how much you were inspiring people here on Earth? No. And I that's hard for me to wrap my head around because um I think of myself as an ordinary person, but I hope that people can relate to me. But isn't that the point? You are an ordinary person? Yes, I isn't that, am. Isn't that the appeal of all this? Yes. I've had some difficulties in life, but I think everyone has in some way. I think everyone has had to overcome something. And I just, I hope that people can look at my story and, and know that
0: holding on to hope that there will be better days is so important. Mm,
10: Great message.
8: Wow. Man. Hard mm-hmm. to imagine
0: four better ambassadors no <laughs> You know, if you're going to send people Into right. space, like, we right. sent some good ones right.
8: uh, We should mention, by the way, Lester's going to have Much more of that exclusive conversation with the Inspiration4 crew coming up tonight On NBC Nightly News Alright,
4: 744, coming up on 745 Let's get check the weather for Mr. Roker Down in Baltimore, hey Al
11: Hey, guys, here at Raven Stadium, the m and Bank Stadium. We're going to explain why we're here in just a little bit. But let's take a look. It's a tale of two countries when it comes to seasons uh, coming up. As you look at the map, you can see behind this cold front, very vigorous cold front, temperatures are going to be giving almost like that first taste of fall, winter. Temperatures will be in the mid-60s. There might, could be some light snow in the next couple of days ahead of the system. Temperatures almost 100 degrees in Dallas, 13 degrees above average. We move into tomorrow, and that front pushes to the east. Those temperatures start moving moderating a bit. You can see they cool down behind that front. And then as we get on into the latter part of the week, temperatures awfully chilly and the tropics are still active. We've got right now three systems out there. We're watching. We've got tropical storm Peter Rose invest 98 L, which would become Sam. That means we would have only four names left on the 2021 tropical system name list. And this year, guys, they're not doing Greek names. They're going to a supplemental list of like normal names like you know, if we got the Zach or something like that, and of course, they've gone all out here at m and Stadium. We've got our Big Today logo, yeah. and we've got <laughs> Poe. Take a look at this, man! Po. Wow, hey, Al, you know, <laughs> will you do with that sound? You always do here with a, little, with a little stuffing. That wouldn't be bad. <laughs> oh, oh. No, he's right there. He can Al, hear you. Al. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm careful. sorry. He could hear me. Yeah. I'm sorry. Al, can yeah. you yeah. give us your uh, give us your Raven. Yes, yes, yes.
0: Can, you, can you do that? for him that's how we feel Poe right there with you Al thank you so much you got a great story coming up can't wait for that also coming up this morning we've talked about the Emmy winners Mm -hmm. still ahead we're going to focus on another big draw of TV's biggest nights got to talk about those fashions but first these messages
8: Oh, there's an almost naked winner. I just had something brand new from Hoda. There he goes. A new podcast. Where are your clothes? What are you doing? What are you doing? It's happening?
0: Oh, my gosh. Hoda. Hoda has a podcast. Don't worry about it.